Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily and welcome to Master Leadership Through Crisis series, where we will connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important questions to help us navigate through rough waters. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. All individuals, regardless of talent, career position, or aptitude, have the opportunity to positively lead and influence others. That has been the core belief of Jake Thompson's work, and one of the founding reasons he started the brand, Compete Every Day. Jake has coached and mentored a number of entrepreneurs in peak performance, been appointed and served as a board of advisory member for his graduate school of business, and led teams of 5 to 35 through his 15-plus year career. Jake has seen firsthand individuals' ability to lead and help others once they learn to shift their perspective and view each interaction as an opportunity to help. In today's charged landscape, there is an ever-increasing need for someone with a strong vision, optimistic attitude, and willingness to roll up their sleeves to actually do the work. All three essential pieces to leadership. Our interview will begin right after messages from our sponsors. One of the most vexing and difficult challenges all business leaders face is... What do I do on Monday morning at 8 o'clock to grow my business? In his best-selling book, Aligning the Dots, Dr. Philippe Buissou introduces a new, universal, data-driven, and prescriptive methodology to deliver sustained growth for any business. Get a copy now on Amazon or at AligningTheDots.com. So welcome, Jake Thompson. How are you? What's going on? Thanks for having me today. We're so happy to have you on our podcast. Are you ready to pour into our listeners? Let's have some fun. Let's add some value. And I think you and I will just enjoy the conversation as well. Fantastic. All right. So tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. Yeah. So me, a young child growing up in Texas, I think leadership skills were poured into me at a young age from my dad. Uh, I laughed that I remember him forcing me to clean gas stations as a like seven, eight year old kid on the weekend, which is the last thing you want to be doing. Uh, But I remember him stressing the importance of living an example more than anything. Like it doesn't matter if, if we hire people on our team, if we have people that are paid to be there, like it's our job as leaders to step in. If we can help do it, we do it. If we ask someone else to do it, we have to be willing to do it ourselves. And so that's always kind of stuck with me. It stuck with me throughout sports in high school, stuck with me out some through college. 
Uh, but really after college, after what I thought was going to be my dream career, that wasn't quite what I expected. And, and I found myself building a small consulting business. I started looking at the importance of legacy. One of the things we talked about off air and how legacy more than anything is just investing in others, living the example, and then helping others live that great example as well. And so through that, I ended up starting Compete Every Day, my brand that I've had since 2011. I started honestly just selling t-shirts out of the trunk of my car uh, behind a gym here in North Texas. And little by little built it from there to more leadership development with our podcast, my speaking and books, just because I'm passionate about the more leaders we can help create, I think the better the world will be and the bigger impacts those individuals can have not only in their homes, but on their coworkers, their friends, their, their social settings, and most of all, their communities. You went from working in a gas station with your dad cleaning, right? Yep. Um, and he, he's teaching you really strong, amazing foundational leadership skills, right? Which are yep. really social, emotional skills. Social, emotional skills, things that I didn't understand, only child, uh, insert all stereotypes there about being an only child. Uh, but really just the importance of, of walking the walk and how your walk talks louder than your talk. And, and for a lot of us, when we get into leadership positions in title, it's really easy to go verbal and tell others what they should do and what we expect of them. And it's a lot easier to let some of the action side slide of setting that example. And so that is one thing that's kind of stuck with me through and through. And anytime I start to get off course, I can always hear my dad's voice in the back of the head. I remember those gas station rides of just your walk is always going to talk louder. And so what are you doing to set the example before you ask others to do the same? And, you know, typically, Jake, there are pivotal moments in our lives that just, just kind of gear us or, or steer us to where we should be, right? Yeah. So tell us about some of those pivotal moments for you. Yeah. So I honestly think two of the biggest ones, one would be 2010. I, I had a consulting business for a few years, marketing consultant, had great income, was buying some nice toys and cars and going out on the weekends and all of the fun things that you want as a mid-20s, late-20s guy. But when I looked back at it and I started to step back, I realized I was just building a giant sandcastle. I was doing nothing more than padding my bank account, doing things that made me happy, paying nothing to others, trying to help no one else, not adding value, investing in others' lives other than, hey, I can help your business grow. And I likened it to just a sandcastle. And one of these days, my life's going to end and, and that sandcastle is going to be washed away unless I find a way to add value and help others. And so that started the journey of really creating Compete Every Day. Um, the book, A Million Miles, A Thousand Years by author Donald Miller talks about the importance of story, how the story we live is what we tell others that's important. And so I really evaluated the story I lived. And so that was a big piece for me. Flash forward about five years, I got asked up to my first keynote gig. I had never spoken really per se in front of an audience. A company hired me, said, hey, we want you to come talk about your message. We want you to come talk to our team, what it means to compete. So I show up, no idea what I'm doing, kind of bumbling and fumbling through this talk that I'd rehearsed in my office. And afterwards, the VP pulled me aside and said, you need to do more of this. Like, there's something here that you need to run with. And at the time, I'd never even considered it. Flash forward a couple of years, those things start popping up. And I still remember Linda's voice of like, you need to do more of this. And so we started shifting how I taught 
this content and we moved from apparel and blog posts to really moving toward the podcast and now speaking full time. And so that was a very pivotal point in my career, I should say, of just opening my eyes to maybe I should be doing something else and really setting me down a path that honestly, I absolutely love. Even the 5 a.m. wake-ups and early morning flights and TSA travel security lines. Right now, especially, I'll take it. But you know, then it was like, this is fun because I get to do something I love. And more than that, it's adding value to others, which at the end of the day, that's really all I care about. And it took someone noticing that in you, right? Because you it were did. in your own head on that stage. Right? It, yeah, you are. You know, it's funny. I've taken the title from day one of Compete to be the chief encouragement officer. I put that spin on CEO. And I wanted it because I've always believed in the power of words, the power of speaking life into others, inspiring that courage. And for that person, that VP to do it to me is so cool because that opened my eyes. And it really reminded me just of our ability as leaders, regardless of what our job title is, regardless of where we are, how high or influential we think we are, there's so much power in our words and what we speak into others and how we encourage others could be that pivotal point for them that they've never looked at their life, their skills in a certain way until we say something. And when we do, it can completely change their life trajectory. And how important it is to say something and to add value. Now, speaking of that, um, you wrote a book. I did. Tell us about that. Yeah. So compete every day. It's called the not so secret secret to winning your work in life. Uh, really what I wanted to do was share where I messed up early on. Uh, just believing that success in your career and in life came down to lucky breaks or special connections or who you were born to. And really when I look back on sports, sports is almost the ultimate meritocracy. Like you train hard, you work hard. And then on game day, the best player or team wins. It's not necessarily the most talented or the team with the most money. It's whoever shows up to play well. And when I started really diving into what made people succeed, not necessarily who was the most popular on social media, but who had success, who had winning businesses, who was investing in teams, who was building other leaders, these simple choices started to stand out. And it wasn't anything crazy. And, and when I say simple, I, I don't mean easy because it's tough to make these choices every day. But it's a very clear black and white of outworking your talent every day, not letting hard days beat you, investing in the people around you, both in your career and in your life. And so I really just wanted to share that in a simple, digestible way to say, hey, listen, I made this mistake. Maybe you're struggling in the same area. Here's seven choices. If you start making one of them every day, it can change your life. If you start making all seven over the course of a year, five years, a decade, you won't even recognize the person you were because of the just incremental steps forward you'll make every single day. And, and it's not about talent. It's not about where you were born, who you were born to. It's about choices that you choose to make every day. And my hope is that people grab that book, read it, apply one thing to it, but really start to evaluate their choices and hopefully put themselves in a better starting position tomorrow than today. You know, Jake, you up-level my energy. Like I'm listening to you and I'm sure our listeners are also feeling the same way. So where can we get your book? Where can we get into contact with you? Oh, thank you so much. So competeeveryday.com is the absolute best place to go. You can grab the book, podcast, social media channels. We're pretty much everywhere under Compete Every Day. And if you hear about it here on the show, if you reach out and say, hey, heard about it on the show, got to get connected, 
send me a DM or an email before you place an order. And I'm happy to send you a gift code to use on that. Save you some shipping on there as well. Uh, just to say thank you for investing in some time and coming to check us out after hearing us on the show. Fantastic. So they have to say that they were listening to you on Master Leadership. That's right. <laughs> now you have a podcast too. Tell us about that. I do. I, I have a couple because I apparently don't stay busy enough. Uh, so That's compete every day. I do. I, yeah, I like to bite off big challenges. Compete every day is the main one. We come out with new episodes every Wednesday, just around conversations around leadership, conversations of really how do we build a positive mindset more than anything. How do we build that resilience, that grit muscle and having conversations with entrepreneurs, sports psychologists, coaches, uh, trying to pull things from different realms and how we apply it to just our day-to-day -day life. Uh, and then the second one is kind of a spinoff on that called Raising Competitors. And it's for parents of kids in sports, youth, athlete, parents, just having these same conversations, but looking at it through the lens of being a parent. I don't have kids. I hope to have kids one day. And so for me, it's more of a playground for me just to hear conversations, to ask questions, to learn as much as I can prior to being a parent. And hopefully having those other parents listening to it, find ways to invest more in their kids because we know, you know, as leaders, we're trying to invest in others. And a lot of times we think about coworkers and friends, but a lot of it starts right at home. And the better we can position our kids to be able to handle adversity and challenges and set up to influence others, the better off that next generation is going to be. And I can see the impact that your dad had on you, even through your processing that and you created this podcast. That's wonderful and much needed. Thank you. So thank you so much. Now, at the time of this interview, we're hopefully recovering <laughs> from the global pandemic, COVID-19. I'm not sure, really. We're not sure where we're at. No idea. Yep. So how has this affected you? And what are some things that have helped you most during this crisis? Yeah, so the biggest one was right out of the gate during the first two weeks of the world shutting down, I lost quite a few speaking engagements. Uh, some were just immediately canceled, some were postponed to next year. So from a revenue standpoint for our business, that was a dramatic hit. But the biggest thing that actually helped me was a intentional shift in my focus and perspective. And the reason I say that is I would get on the plane every other week. I'm traveling all the time, speaking at companies and events. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to be home. I'm going to be home till at least August. That's a lot of time I'm not traveling. What can I use during this time to create? What can I do that's been on my action list that I haven't had the bandwidth to do because I'm having to prep and travel and take care of keynotes? Then I can now get done. And so that one, honestly, it was a shift and nothing else changed other than I shifted my focus and said, what can I start working on? was really helpful because it allowed me to outline things that not only can work now during the pandemic, but we believe as we start to roll them out, we'll carry on even when life goes back to quote unquote normal. Uh, and so really it's choosing to focus on what's within my control, which is my attitude, effort, actions, and focus every day uh, and putting my investment of energy and time into those things versus not worrying about what I can't change, which is when this will end, what's going on outside of my control. And that's been the biggest, not only help, but honestly, I talk about it on stage. So it's putting into practice what I already teach and just taking it to a new level, not expecting a global pandemic to be the teacher for everyone on earth at the same time. Hey leaders, stay tuned for the rest of the interview following this brief message. Feelings of employee isolation decreases productivity up to 21%. Socializing between team members improves communication patterns more than 
Create Magic at Work offers tools that skill build in emotional intelligence, EQ, and spiritual intelligence, SQ. One tool they offer are journal prompt cards that invite you to connect and reflect about different themes in the workplace. A deck of 33 beautiful gloss dock cards. Each card contains an affirmation and two questions regarding the workplace to consider. Utilize them virtually, in a group, or individually to create a workplace where employees are highly engaged. Create a company with less ego-induced drama, where people work hard but with less stress. Go to createmagicatwork.net forward slash tools to get your own deck of journal prompt cards today. Are you looking for a way to promote racial and social justice in your work setting, but aren't quite sure what to do or how? As a leader, you know there's more that can be done, but it seems overwhelming. If that describes you, join Dr. Jean Ladding and her expert team in the Pathfinders membership program. They provide you with knowledge and skills in a supportive community on how to champion change using work that is grounded in research. To learn more, go to leadingconsciously.com forward slash pathfinders or email info at leadingconsciously.com. You're a high energy guy. Has it always been like even during this time, like talk oh, about no. some, come on, let's talk about some of the hard stuff. Yeah, no, it, it's not. But I, I'm 100% under the belief that our attitude is our choice. And so when I talk about, I came home on March 12th from a gig, I was fully expecting to hit the next two the following week, both canceled out of the gate. So within about a week period, week and a half, I was paying back clients about $25,000, not knowing when I was going to have another speaking gig and income coming in. And so I had a couple cancel, cut a big check, had two that still looked like they were going to go through. And then when they canceled, it was kind of that gut punch of like, oh, what's going to happen? It was like three o'clock in the afternoon. And so what I, I went back to a conversation I'd had with a fellow entrepreneur years ago about the days when he's just struggling to get anything done. His head's clouded. There's so much to do. There's so many things he has to work on, but he just, he's really in a funky headspace. He actually will get out of the office and he's like, I'll go play golf. I don't care if it's hundred degrees. I don't care if it's raining. Yes. He's like, I actually get away from everything I think I have to be doing to recharge. And I remember that conversation because it always seems counterintuitive of, I have all this stuff to do. I can't take time off. I can't get away. But he was like, you need that space. And so for me, what I ended up doing is at three o'clock, I cut that last check. I closed my inbox and was like, I'm done for the day. My wife had gotten off work early that day. We made a little homemade happy hour. And then I was like, let's just sit on the couch and watch a Netflix series. I think Ozark season three had just come out. <laughs> I mean, not like that's a relaxing show, but it was just like, get your mind off of it. Right. Don't worry about it. And the one thing I did before I went to bed is I took out a sticky note and said, I can't change all of these other things, but what are three things I can do tomorrow morning when I wake up that at least are going to put me in a better starting position on Sunday, on the following day. And so I wrote them down, put it right on the middle of my, my computer. So before I even could log in off of sleep, I saw it, took the rest of the day off, got away from everything, just watched the TV show, spent some time with my wife and our dogs. And then the next morning I said, okay, I can't change what happened, but what are we going to do to get in a better starting position? And that was kind of it. And so like, I've had those moments. And honestly, 
to be fully transparent, like I trace a lot of it back to a conversation I had with a guy the first year I started this business. And he looked across the table from me at lunch. And he was like, how's the company going? Like your first year. And I'm like, it's not as going as fast as I thought. Like this is not as easy as I thought. Mm -hmm. Especially at that time I was just selling t-shirts. And he laughed. He said, well, it's good because you're your own worst accountability. I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? He said, you have this brand called Compete Every Day. That means no matter what you're up against, no matter or how hard it is, no matter if you're motivated or not, you show up every day with your best. That's it, period. And he said, if you quit, you're telling everyone that's bought into it, whether it's 100 people, 10 people, or even 100,000 people, you're telling them that this isn't really that true. Your life is your story. He said, so you're stuck. You can change the business, but you can never abandon the message. That's right. And I remember him telling me that. And I'm like, oh, okay, like no big deal. Two years later, I'd had two really bad events from the apparel trade show space. I had lost a lot of money. I was like, emotionally, I was bottomed out driving through the desert from LA to Vegas. And it's desolate on a Sunday night. And all I'm thinking about at first is like, how do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? What am I going to do with the rest of my career? This is not what I thought. I'm down 0-2 on dream careers, quote unquote. And I remember that conversation. And it just started replaying in my head. And I was like, why am I talking about quitting? I need to figure out how to get out of this situation. And so that has always been the conversation I go back to of like, I'm committed to this message because I believe in it. I've seen it happen. I know what can happen with people when they just keep showing up every day for themselves. And so I can't ever abandon that. And so for me, like I'm going to have those bottom out days. I'm going to have the kick in the guts, but at midnight, I'm letting them go because the next day it's not about me. It's not about how I feel. It's about what do I need to do to improve this position I'm in so I can impact more people today and tomorrow. And you're pretty consistent in that you walk the talk. I have to. There are a lot of quote unquote leaders entitled today that don't walk the walk. And I've seen it. I've worked with them as a consultant. I've been around them. You just lose company morale. You, you, people can't follow that. And if people don't want to follow that, they don't want to learn from them. And so more than anything, I know I'm going to fall short. I'm going to admit when I mess up and I miss the mark, but I want to tell you, like, I'm going to keep getting back up, keep showing up. And this is what's going to happen because I'm going to, and I'm going to encourage you to do the same. And Jake, isn't leadership like the hardest thing ever? You know, it is and it isn't. And, and here's why I say that is because I think it's hard to train yourself not to be selfish. As an only child, I can say that. Because when we're selfish, we care about what we look like, what we sound like, how successful we are, what's in it for us. And it's hard to train ourselves to look at others and say, what can I do to add value? How can I help you get my attention off of me and on to adding value? And that's ultimately leadership, like setting the example right then and there of how do I show up and help someone else today? And so it's hard to make that shift, but when you can just do it a little bit and just walk into a coffee shop and say, how can I make someone else's day better? Let me buy that person behind me a cup of coffee. I love that. Little bitty oh. simple act. You just start to do it. And it's like a muscle we have to train you know, leaders aren't born. Some people are born with specific skills that can more in tune them to styles of leadership, but leaders are made, they're built and they're built by choices and they're built by making the decision to look at others and into how can I add value to others. And so when I say it's hard, it's getting that initial shift. But once you start to shift that perspective and you ask yourself every day, how can I help someone today? It becomes easier because you start looking for those opportunities as an athlete and a coach, you keep working that muscle, right? And, and it does become easier. However, as we keep up leveling, sometimes it sucks. 
That imposter syndrome is going to rear its head at every new turn. Right, it's going to tell you, you can't be that leader. Right. But it's why we need coaches. Yeah. It's why we need people speaking into our lives. We can't do it alone. Um, That's right. And so I, I appreciate you coming on and talking to us about that in your journey. What are you learning right now? Right now, the practice of patience uh, more than anything. And I liken it to planting seeds before the rain comes uh, mm. for a future harvest. And, and that's, it's been an ongoing lesson just with speaking and writing the book. Every day, it's about planting seeds that you have no idea if they're going to harvest. You don't know who's going to run with them. I mean, sales for a lot of us is building relationships that you may, you know, sell something this year to them. It may be five years down the road before you ever get that opportunity, but what are we doing to plant seeds? And so for me, especially during the middle of the pandemic, it's what can I do today to plant seeds? And so it's just a constant practice of not getting too worried about tomorrow, being patient in that process and just showing up and saying, okay, where can I plant a seed today? At the end of the day, I'm not going to get everything I had to get done, but I'm patient to work the process and say, I at least got one seed planted. Mm, I love that. Now, Jake, when you think of leadership today, what most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about? The biggest concern for me is the need for more strong leadership voices online in younger generations. And I say that because I've gotten really turned off over the last six to eight months from social media. And I know how it's designed to be addictive. And I know it's not the most conducive audience or platforms to pouring in leadership. But what I see a lot in the small segment is a lot of entitlement and lack of personal responsibility from younger generations. And I don't blame them because they learned it from somewhere. And so we sometimes are guilty of teaching that. And so my biggest concern is that we're not going to curb those behaviors. And so it, what I really am passionate about, what I'm caring about is like trying to get people to just control what they can control, show up, attitude, effort, actions, and focus. Because I feel like we forget that thing. We forget that we have the ability to make an impact, whether we have a one follower or a hundred followers, because we get so caught up in social media. We get so, lack of a better term, distracted by it. And so my biggest fear is that there's not enough positive voices on there and that the people that have the positive voice and influence have gotten away from being on those platforms because of how negative they are, because of things, you know, misinformation, everything else, that we actually need those people there and, and pouring out more than ever. And I had a conversation with someone this weekend who she was telling me she's afraid to post on LinkedIn. And she's like, you know, this could affect my career. I was like, you're talking about something great you did. Like there's nothing. She's like, yeah, but you know, what if it doesn't sound good and, and people see it? I was like, here's the thing. Every single person, every single one of us that posts on social media, that put out a podcast, that we all hear those voices of like, eh, what if this isn't that good? What if I only get one like? What if nobody likes it? So the difference is we just post it. And so by you seeing our post, you're assuming that we don't have those same voices you do. We do. We just decide what we have to say and how we can encourage others is more important than not posting. And I said, so you just have to hit the button. You just got to press it. As Brian Fanzo, speaker always says, just push the button on record, talk, get it out there. Because a lot of us that have influence, that have that ability to encourage and inspire others, aren't pushing the button because we don't want to be caught up in the negativity or we're worried what someone else will think. That's the biggest concern to me is we need to, as leaders, stop thinking about ourselves, which gets rid of the entitlement and the lack of responsibility and just start saying, how can we help others? 
Let's show up and help others. And the more we can do that, the better we're going to be, regardless of what happens with social and media and everything that we perceive to be reality, whether it actually is or not. Speaking yeah. of influence, I have a question from one of our former guests, Laura Campbell, and she wants to know, how do you influence others? Wow, great question. I think what I try to do is take a very personal touch to everything I do. From a content-wise, similar to yourself, we have a podcast. I wrote the book. I try to publish content online every day that just provides some positive word, something to make you think and influence. And then I try to take a very personal approach to anything I do. If you get on in any of our accounts on social media, I'm there interacting with customers. I'm reaching out, sending comments, I'm replying. So for me, it's about just building those relationships. That's how I try to influence others because I've heard it a zillion times from coaches and sports and, and business executives of, if you can get to someone's heart, you can get to their head. If they know you care about them, if they know you care about seeing them succeed, they're going to listen to you. In sports, they're going to play hard for you. They're going to know what you have to do because you know they know you have their best interest at heart. And so for me, it's about how can I connect with their heart? How can I give them an encouraging word, but just be personal with them and let them know, I actually want to see you succeed. Like the things I'm telling you, it's just not ha ruha, you know, happy go lucky, motivation, believe it'll happen. It's actually things that I believe I've seen, but I want you to know why I'm telling you this is because I actually care enough to see you succeed. And so that's how I approach it, how I want to see others hopefully are influenced by what I do. Fantastic. So this past week has been really hard watching news. Um, I don't watch it. I try not to, but it's been hard. I often think about and have to reflect as a leader, how do I move forward here to bring about change, especially now with a lot of racial unrest. So what is a question that you would ask of leaders to bring that to our awareness and to up-level how we treat people? Yeah, I would think the biggest question would be, what is one thing you can do to extend your awareness to someone not like you? What's one thing you can do this week, this month? whether it's reaching out to an old friend who completely different lifestyle than you that you see rarely, uh, maybe somebody you go to the gym with, maybe somebody you have in a professional association, somebody that's drastically different. If, if you're, you know, young, white, female from New York, maybe you're in a national association and you can reach out to an older gentleman that's African-American or Hispanic that has a family. And first, just kind of talk about the shared alignment and interest. You're both part of the association. What do you have in common? If I'm at 20, like what are the things that you at 45 or 50 wish you'd done in the association when you were my age? How can I learn from you? And then what are the biggest struggles you're having? How can I add value to you? And really that's where the conversation for me goes is, when I reach out to people that are different, it's like, hey, listen, I love you. How can I support you right now? What's going on? What's best? And I try to do that with people in my network that I don't see very often, but just touch base because I think for a lot of us, we get on social media, we see the news and you just kind of want to be like, I want nothing to do with this. Like I know like Twitter is like, I've got a detox because I can't even get on to see like something about sports without seeing people just at each other's throat screaming, which Twitter's not really the best place for discourse. And I just am like, oh, 
And my first instinct is like, I don't want any parts to do with this. And I understand why people have just gotten off of it in droves. And then the other part of me is like, okay, but where can I add value to the conversation? Not that conversation, but just the general one. And it goes back to the relationships. Who in my network, who do I know that's different than me? And how can I just reach out and say, hey, I was thinking about you. How can I help you this week? How can I support you this month? And that simple conversation just at least opens the door to building a relationship. And that, I think, is one of the biggest keys. And I think that's where you kind of have to start going with things is building the relationship first, politics aside, beliefs aside, the person is the most important at the end of the day. And so how can I add value to what you're doing? Talk to me about what you're going through. Talk to me about your struggles. I'm not asking you to to educate me or to teach me. I just want to know what you're going through and how I can support you during this because I want to build this relationship. And that changes the dynamic, I think, entirely because it takes off everything that's going on in the media and the top level stuff and just says, hey, you, what's going on? And the individual may say something that has nothing to do with what we assume by what we see online. May just say, hey, listen, I'm struggling right now to balance business and my marriage that's falling apart. Like, how do you do it? Like, how can I handle this better? And so then you have an opportunity to serve and help and lead them. And then they're probably going to reciprocate as well. Like, what can I do to help you? Because a lot of us, like when I ask people that question, what can I do to support you this month? People are like, what? What? I'm not asked that very often. People are always like, well, what's in it for me? And so that I think is how we approach it as leaders is just asking people how we can help, how we can add value. What are you going through? Where can I support you right now? And then let it go from there because change as much as we want to think it's done off viral posts and and massive movements it starts with one person and it's one person at a time person to person and then it starts to build from there and that's why we see great leaders have these quote massive followings and they influence all these people it still went back to one person they started with and that one person was able to help someone else and it, it kind of builds that ripple effect from there so jake your question what is one thing that you can do to extend your awareness to someone who is not like you. I love it. Love it. All right. So is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? One, I've just incredibly enjoyed this conversation. I laugh that I've been on a lot of podcasts as we talked about before this with the book release and, and it still being just fresh and new. And these questions I think have been so refreshing for me because they've been different conversation and questions around leadership. And it's not been that surface level. You've been asking, how do we really dive into these? What are some real authentic situations? And and so one, I just want to commend you and appreciate you for that. And I know your listeners love it. I think for me, I would just say, don't buy into what you see on social media to the listeners. As a leader, you don't need followers. Some of the most successful people I know have barely any following online. And a lot of people that have a big following are, are, you know, tricked into a lot of the fake accounts. So focus not on what you can do online, but focus where you're making an impact offline and with people and one-on-one. And don't worry about the followers and everything else. Just say, where can I show up and help someone else out today? And soon you'll find yourself in that quote leadership position because you've been impacting people one at a time every day. You've certainly encouraged me. So I want to thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic day. You too. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, Continue to ignite 
that leader in you.